I went in the first day and it was like, it was all right. I worked a few hours and I went home and it was a Friday evening and everybody had went home. And obviously I had to stay in Waterford on my own. Mm. I was meant to be working Saturday. So I rang up my missus and was like, uh, can you ring the manager in Foot Locker and tell him I've fallen in the snow and broke my leg? <laughs> she was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. It was a time of a really bad snow in 2010. Yeah. And she rang and told him I broke my leg. And he was like, and can he come back? And he's, and then she's like, no, he can't work there anymore. He, he, he broke his leg. Bring that beat burn. Girl Talk with Trish and Shona. On this episode of Girl Talk, we are joined by the most famous comedy duo in Ireland and beyond, known for their hilarious sketches and songs. Let's be honest, the two Johnnies do not need an introduction. Two lads from Tip who gave up their semi-pensionable jobs to join forces with the aim of making people laugh. And by God, have they done that. To their name, they have the most popular podcast in the country, sold out tours all over the world, a best-selling book, nine Irish number one singles and yet another hit tune with their latest track Dancing in My Kitchen which went to number one on iTunes within hours of its release and so in what feels like a weird double Zoom date uh, Johnny Smacks and Johnny B welcome to Girl Talk Welcome guys Thank you very much <laughs> That is the best introduction we have ever gotten and that will probably be included in some of our material at some stage yeah. we will paraphrase if that if you could just send that to us <laughs> you okay. may find yourselves quoted on a tour poster or, or a book or something yeah we're, just as long as you credit us we're grand with that oh yeah <laughs> course we will, course. come here uh, yeah like I said it feels like a really weird double date which we neither of us have actually done since the start of lockdown so we feel really happy about that but can I just tell you I've got a massive spot which you probably can't see because the camera's okay or can you see it no, no, we can't see. Perfect. It. It, it lovely. I think this double date is going great. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She just points out her spot <laughs> midway. It's great. Yeah. It, it's better to be honest about these things. Just straight up. That's my flaw. You know, I've I've laid my cards on the table now. Apart from that, I'm perfect. Yeah, we feel a bit underdressed now. Neither of us even have our gel, our hair gels. Oh know, really? So is we that the natural look? That's us natural. Wow. It's what we look like thing in the morning. Imagine what we're like when we get done up. Hey, hey. <laughs> Come here. Given that it is like an unofficial double date, talk to us about the last few months, how you've coped, how you've managed during lockdown and, and all that jazz. Do you know what? It's actually, it's terrible. Like everybody's kind of, you know, pretty down and stuff. But for us, it's actually not that bad. We were so busy at the start of the year. Um, we were away for like two or three months between lots of different projects and stuff like that. So we'd only been home really for like seven nights. We'd slept in our own beds um, in the first three months of the year before the COVID hit. So for the first two weeks of COVID, I personally was loving it. Mm. Just sitting on the couch, watching Netflix. Um, obviously, then after a while, I started missing the pub and similar mm. things. But we were working together. We cocooned together and uh, we still got all our work done. And it was grand. Like We just enjoy being around each other. So we're happy enough in our own little world down here in Tip. We cocoon together, we spoon together. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, we no, cocoon together. Home. We're lucky we can podcast from home. Mm-hmm. I also was about to ask, I was like, do you actually get on as well as you guys make <laughs> out? But it seems like you do. Bestos. My, my hand is on his knees. Right now. <laughs> we can't see it. Right, we're going to get started. And uh, obviously, Girl Talk is all about the conversations that us gals have. But we have this thing where we do our sexy seven questions. Are you turned on? Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I can't, I can't. 
I'm sweating here thinking about <laughs> Right, let's just kick it off. Question number one. We want to know what are your shameful secrets? And given that you talk about absolutely everything, nothing is off limits, this has to be something that nobody knows about either of you. Go for it. This is tough because we, we have gone to the bone yeah. on mm. our own podcast. You Give us a small bit of guidance of what you'd like to know and we will empty the tank here for you now. Oh, I see what you're doing. You're throwing it back on me, flirting. I like it. Okay, I get where you're yeah. going with this. Um, this like, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. What are my shameful secrets? Like we've kind of we're a little bit like you guys uh, in terms of what we talk about. Like we don't have anything that we haven't discussed. We've shared everything. But for Shona, I remember you saying that you couldn't parallel park for a long time. Now, I don't think that's shameful at all. But the fact that you've been driving for how many years and a few. just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get the hang of the old driving thing. Shona, <laughs> if we get the second date, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe we could show you how to parallel park. That's, you know, that's mm. not says romance more than parallel parking. I, oh, yeah. And, and do you know what you could do, actually? You could, you know, the way you lean your arm back over the passenger yeah. seat as you're, you could do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd work. Just like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't parallel park and I drive by any parking spaces that are potentially require parallel parking. There you go. There's no need to feel ashamed. I don't know, like, what secrets? I guess I, I really love EastEnders. Do you? Um, which is which is something a, a, a 29-year-old male normally doesn't say, but I'm not ashamed to say it, you know. Some people would say that's shameful for me. I just like EastEnders. I can't get enough of it, even when we're, we're in America for four weeks and I did not miss an episode. You see, this is, yeah, I was a massive EastEnders fan, but I'm also an Emmerdale fan because my nana used to watch Emmerdale, sat down with her every night, seven o'clock. So I decided about two years ago to give up one and I gave up EastEnders. Um, ah. not, not saying I couldn't go back if we were to work things out, but uh, are you an Emmerdale fan as well? Yeah, I do. I watch a bit of Emmerdale, yeah, from time to time. Fan of the Dingles, in fairness. <laughs> so... Um... This day it's going really, really well. Gotta say, I'm, I'm wow. A lot of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Johnny B, what about you? Come on, step up. I'm trying to think. I mean, I used to when we were young, and like your parents would get a box of chocolates from, from Christmas or biscuits. I would sometimes eat the entire bottom layer and then put the sellotape back on. You are one of those people. And then like. Uh, She'd give them to the neighbours as like a present. And then the neighbours all thought she was a miserable bitch. And, uh, <laughs> that was me. That was me. Like they're fighting around and stuff. And um, You're yeah. in the, if your man listens to this, but she want to slap that off you, she get the wooden spoon to have been outed today. I really think that's one of the most <laughs> cruel things that you can ever do. It's like committing a crime. Like there's nothing worse than getting to the bottom layer and finding out that the caramel is gone or whatever. But you ate the whole bloody layer. Oh, yeah. And then you... I, I used to, yeah, I ate my sister's Easter egg. I, I ate the back of her Easter egg once and wrapped it back perfectly. <laughs> and then just blamed, like Cadbury's were, just, like they were not welcome in our house. Like, <laughs> the biscuits is missing, the back of the Easter egg's gone, you know? <laughs> That's brilliant, I love oh, it. dear. Well, let's keep on the same kind of vein because I think you guys have talked about shifting and drifting and all the rest on your own podcast, but we want to know when was your first shift? So when, where, how was it? You know, do you still keep in contact with these people, actually? Who do you want to go first? Uh, Donnie B, you go. Okay, my first shift was in Irish College. Oh. Cork. And a great place to get your first shift. Because uh, they have a Kaylee every night. So mm. the boys go like 
clockwise and the girls go anti-clockwise. Nice. And then when the music stops, that's the person you have to dance with. Yeah. I'm sure that wasn't a spoiler stuff. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Anyway, and then like if it was somebody you didn't like, like the boys would be caught in winning street, they'd be like, Can we spin the wheel again, Martin? Ah! Oh, else. Um and then I asked a girl if she would meet me. That was the the the, the yeah, lingo. And then her name was Karen and she was from Claire, I know. You'd have to quarantine after shifting someone from Claire. She <laughs> um, was around the back of a caravan. It was a very posh Irish college. Um didn't last very long. I think it was quite obvious that it was my first shift. There was some gum action. There was some tooth on tooth action. Oh. I was out of depth. Um, and then she turned and ran away. So overall, uh, you know, a mixed bag. Um, <laughs> but I, I was off. I was off to a start. Things um, haven't improved exactly for him either. What would you have given yourself out of 10 for that very first shift meet? Zero. Zero, but like you have to start somewhere, you know. True. Yeah. How old were you? Thirteen or fourteen? Yeah, oh, it's okay. Average. Yeah. Like I've spoken about mine before because I waited a long time to shift the guy that I shifted. I fancied him for ages, and after about twenty seconds, he stopped and gave me notes as to where I was going wrong. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah. It was awkward at the time, but I truly believed that it stood to me later in life because, yeah, yeah. say I'm quite good what at did it. You um, just that my tongue wasn't doing what it should be doing. It was moving too fast and that it wasn't meant to bang off his tongue the way it did. It was meant to be smoother. Um, there was a little bit of teeth banging as well, like yourself. So, yeah, it wasn't great. But as I said, I, I really, I, I thank him now. He's improved yeah. since. He's now a pundit for the Sunday game. <laughs> <laughs> the cheek of him, though. Yeah. Um, my, my first shift was the last day of sixth class. I fancied this girl all through primary school uh. and, and I asked her to shift me and she went off and shifted one of my friends but then I shifted her afterwards so it was fine nice. like, I might well have just actually shifted my friend to be honest um, <laughs> I'm emotionally scared from the event she played you man she played me off man and I wouldn't mind that year in sixth class I had actually got her a Valentine's Day card oh my god and I'll never forget the card it was a duck and it said you drive me quackers I <laughs> like that Cute. I walked to her house and posted it in her letter. Oh, oh my gosh. You were romantic yeah. at the age of 12. But describe the shift, like having fancied her for so long. How did it actually go? What was the nitty gritty of it like? Oh, it was, it's, to me, it was like fireworks. It was like La La Land. You know what I mean? <laughs> but probably to her, it was like disgusting. Like This lad's an well, animal. Like, oh. right, like it was probably one of the best 15 seconds of my life. <gasps> really? Yeah, it was a bit in my uniform. Oh, <laughs> God, my lunch is coming up. Um, yeah, but I have I have improved massively in the shifting department. Great. And in Valentine's Day cards, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, good to know, good to know. You've never seen any of these girls any around the way. Yeah. Um, Recently. No, this girl was at one of our shows in Australia. No way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And chatting 100%. to her, like, did, did it come up in conversation? Did you rehash the past? I'd often get the odd Snapchat. That I know, like that wasn't the last time we shifted. Oh, oh all right. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, I I improved around ten years later. I got a second bite of the cherry. Oh. oh. I obviously wasn't that bad. No. no. But did you go like you had your first shift and then nothing happened and then ten years later you met in a nightclub or something? What? How did you reunite? Maybe it wasn't ten years. Maybe more like seven years. But uh, yeah, no, I met her. Um, 
in when I was in sixth year in school. Again, so she was like a year ahead of me. I met her on a night out. Yeah. Sealed deal. Oh yeah. my gosh. Nothing else. I'll, I'll not say nothing else. Oh, a bit of bum, a bit of outside boob. Oh, <laughs> go on. <laughs> it was probably a bit of that, you know, that shift in position, like where you're kind yeah. of leaned against the wall and then you've got like the man has two hands on her arse. So yeah. Probably a bit of that. <laughs> no, I think it's too heavy now. We, we didn't get in between the sheets or anything like that. Okay, good. Good, good stuff. Good to know. never listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't give her name. Um, okay, moving on. First shift, done and dusted. What about your most random job? And uh, like we've talked about this, I worked in a laser eye clinic for half a day and I ran out the door because they made me sit on, sit in on the uh, surgery. So I was like, this is not the career oh. for me. Yeah. Uh, I worked in a hairdresser called Blow for a month. I blow dried hair. Yeah. Get your mind mm. out of the gutter. Mm. Um, Trish has had some... What'd you say? Definitely having a second day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trish has had some random PR stints in her time. Definitely. I remember dressing up as a Grecian goddess in Liffey Valley, giving out yogurt to people. It was very embarrassing. Wow. But yeah, I think I was probably wow. the, the first black Grecian walking around. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was quite a time in my life. <laughs> what about you guys? I've had, I've had lots of random jobs. I worked in the baking factory, hoovering spinal cords over pigs. Oh. Just, after, just after they'd been killed. That was, that was pretty grim. Um, I was a butcher. That was, that was grim, grim. as well. Uh, I worked in lifestyle. That was all right. I was just shaping in there, looking good in tracksuits. Oh, and right. Oh. I also probably the most <laughs> random job or random finish was actually in Waterford. I went to college in WIT and then I gave it up after a year and I was like, right, I still want to live in Waterford because all my college friends were there partying. And I was like, I'll get a job and like you go to college and I'll work and we can still party together. So I got a job in Foot Locker in Waterford. Oh, yeah. And uh, I went in the first day and it was like, it was all right. I worked a few hours and I went home and it was a Friday evening and everybody had went home. And obviously I had to stay in Waterford on my own. Mm-hmm. I was meant to be working a Saturday. So I rang up me missus and was like, uh, can you ring the manager in Foot Locker and tell him I've fallen in the snow and broke my leg? <laughs> she was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. It was a time of the really bad snow in 2010. Yeah. And she rang and told him I broke my leg. And he was like, and can he come back? And he's, and then she's like, no, he can't work there anymore. He broke his leg. So that was probably the most random job I ever had. But you see, the reason I wanted the job was, you know that black and white Foot Locker t-shirt? Oh, yeah. So on the first day, they gave you your uniform and yeah. you got 50% off a pair of shoes. So I got that t-shirt and 50% off a pair of shoes. My job was done there. <laughs> win, win. And uh, did you ever see them again? Any of those people? Nah. I'm just like, you broke your leg six months. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind to walk past there. Last year, we were doing a book signing in the bookshop there in Waterford, right? Like almost next door to Foot Locker. I just kept my head down. Really? <laughs> Never told that story. So oh, we if got... they contact me, I'll be in big trouble. I'm not getting the runners back either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Johnny B? Most random job. Uh, yeah, I did a half a day in a jeweler's shop once. <clears throat> I was sent in. I was probably only like 14. And they didn't let me do much day one by making tea and they gave me one of those little plaques to engrave that they stick on trophies, like whatever, you know, yeah. for under 12 champions. And I think I just wrote like, Johnny B was ear <laughs> on the engraver. And then it went home at lunchtime and I was like, oh my God, that was so boring. I want to die. 
And then I think I just texted your man going like, oh, I'm sick. I can't come back after lunch. And I never went back. That was it. At least I had a good excuse. Like laser eye surgery is traumatic, but you were only dealing with a little bit of graven. I nearly died of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's rubbish. That's a rubbish excuse. And like, did you have any part-time jobs in school or anything when you were in secondary school? I worked in a, a big garden centre. It was grey crack. We used to just <laughs> arse about. Like, it was so big. I give a whole week sitting in amongst bamboo, just like talking to another lad. <laughs> you just sit down, cross your legs. The bamboo is like six foot high. I'm not sure exactly what we were supposed to be doing, but his ma kind of ran the place. And we just sat there chatting. And uh, they, they were grey crack. There was four brothers all working there. Mm. And like, they used to drive each other mental. And one of them came in one day wearing like a white wool jumper like he was playing cricket and he was potting plants and after about four minutes like the entire jumper was brown (laughs) and i was like man what what are you doing wearing a white jumper and he's like i'll be grand it's belonged to my brother (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny and like I suppose one of the things about like those kind of part-time jobs is that you know that you're not going to be there forever and you know that they're not going to be things that you use in later life. But did you learn about shrubbery and plants and bushes? Like, is, is Do you plant any potted plants in your garden or anything like that? I learned, I learned that I needed to get another job. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was in school, I was playing in a cover band. So, oh, yeah, I heard about yeah. this. The Boogeymen, so, was it? Great research team. (laughs) It was a a previous incarnation of the Boogeyman. We were actually called No Better Bukels. And uh, people would always point out to us, like the plural of Bukel is Bukeli. And we were like, yeah, we know. It's just a joke. (laughs) But uh, it would be a fight usual. But no, it was great. At our first ever gig, I was only about 13, there was a massive fight. And like my ma videotaped it and all, and somebody just kind of backs into shot with like a stool over their head. He's like, I'll kill you, you know. And then the word got out. There was this massive fight like at our first gig, and people were like, Oh, class! So then like a load of people turned up to our second gig, but there was no row, and we weren't great. So, but Aww. it took us a couple of years to recover. But um, yeah, being in a cover band when I was still in school was amazing. Yeah, to go to the pub at like age fifteen and make make cash money. Yeah, you were. Lifestyle swan around lad. I had cash. My, like my first ever job was like when I was fifteen and it was like as working in the butcher counter in Super Value and I was like, I am never gonna do this. And yeah. lo and behold, <laughs> ten years later, my full time job that I went to college for was yeah. being a butcher in a super value. Ah, so, well look at you now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Listen, I'm that, that's why we work so hard. I am never going back. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Come here. I know that like you did that cover band stint and there aren't many pictures online, but there is one that I did see. And I just wanted to ask you about the hair back in the day. Like, obviously, you're looking great now. But what was going on? What was going on? Like, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. I don't know how far back we're going. It was it was interesting. <laughs> what did you say? I said you look great yourself. Thank <laughs> you so well. Um, well. I grew my hair long when I was in about fifth year in school. Um, I was into like rock music, and then because I was playing GA and all, I got into the habit of tying it in a ponytail. And I had it in a ponytail until we started the two Johnnies. Yeah. And Smacks was like, "That has to go." And I had yeah. a big beard as well. I was like Robinson Crusoe going on fest. Very different. But person. I was making. Hurleys, that was our family's trade. Yeah. So like all day I was in my work clothes. I was kind of 
covered in sawdust going around the place, not looking as jazzy as I am today <laughs> oh. in my tracksuit. So, um, I guess my appearance wasn't that important. Yeah. And I, no, you had uh, a look. You had a look. Like, did you have a leather jacket yeah. as well? It was a terrible look. He had a, he had a look that was never going to bring in cash money, as he says himself. <laughs> I, listen, I I like to think in, in the two Johnnies. One one part of my you know forte is like fashion. I look after how the, the look. The look. Okay. This has to go. So friend of ours is a barber we brought Johnny in reluctantly and he cut the ponytail off and we still have the ponytail you do not no yeah in an envelope <laughs> okay they will, will, will raffle it or auction it for charity do you know why you might make millions yeah I'm not gonna laugh at that I mean I'm not gonna lie it's kind of weird but yeah I can see how it's a little bit sexy at the same time tell me this did you have a leather jacket to go with it did I have a leather jacket please say yes Sure. That would have been the complete look. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I, did, I did have a. I must have had. I did have a letter jacket. You have yeah. two letter jackets because we, we used them for sketches. Uh, yeah, around like the boom. You know what? Around 2008, like uh, I was an apprentice or whatever, and everybody was getting those like black. Not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people who were cool were getting those black mm. leather jackets. No, no. That had like one stripe down the side. Yes, yeah. I now, remember them. You see them if you watch like Pure Mule yeah. documentaries about the room. Um, but back then, <laughs> they, they were cool and they were not cheap. They were like 80 or at least 100 quid. And I, 80 quid for, they weren't leather, I would say, <laughs> for 80 quid. Leather. They were, <laughs> they were cool, right? And I had one of them and boot cut jeans probably. Um, and, you know, like Wrangler you know, shoes and... Suede shoes. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, mean I was cool a little, a little bit. A little okay. Bit. We're using cool very loosely here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay, well, you've been through lots, but I'm sure you've had some epic fails in your time as well, right? And we believe here at Girl Talk that once you go through something that you consider a fail, it, it makes you grow. You know, you become a better person afterwards. But is there anything in your lives that you've considered epic fails and you've managed to kind of learn some sort of a lesson from well the first gig we ever did in New York I would have to say was a disaster we weren't going that long didn't have that much uh, experience on stage and these guys contacted us saying we love your sketches we want you to come to New York do a gig in this big Irish bar they're going to fly us over put us up we were like absolutely so we went over and it was just the two of us like now we would have a tour manager or whatever Mm. And we got up on stage and all, like they wouldn't close the bars and a right crowd gathered. Ah, like let's say 500 people were like bet into this big Irish bar. And you know in America, the Irish bars are, are the bars round. Mm. So there's people everywhere. And we got up and one of the microphones wouldn't work. And then the guitar wouldn't work. They had oh supplied this gear for us. So we're on stage and it wasn't loud enough. And, and then, then we thought like, look, we were just bang out some tunes and then the guitar wouldn't work. So we were trying to do like over and back. I'll say my line and then he'll say his line and over and back. And there was a load of Americans and like, you know, second generation Irish now up the front going like, what? <laughs> what? No, I, I'd say they're good. I'd say they probably are good now, but I can't hear them. Yeah. And when we got down off stage, like the two of us were like, oh my God, I never want to do that again. And then people started buying us drink and we had a right night. Yeah. And we, we learned a lot that night we had seven days of absolute debauchery in New York and, and that, that softened the blow of that epic fail but that's definitely probably 
we learned a lot from that. Thankfully, yeah. there hasn't been another epic fail since in the two Johnnies. Um, yes. Yeah, I know, like, when, when we were starting, and even when I was young, doing, like, open mic nights and all, you would hear that, like, kind of the big names or whatever were, like, really particular and difficult. It's like, oh, I heard that lad is an arsehole, like, mm. or whatever. And then once it happens to you and things go wrong and you make sure yourself, the next time you go to do a gig, we, we have been so particular about everything mm. that you just just what it takes yeah you don't want that to happen again especially in comedy like if, yeah. a, mic, if a mic cuts out for a sec the joke is lost you know? yeah, yeah. Our, our jokes wouldn't be great at the best time <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need all the help we can get that's a fact but do you like given that you've spent so many years touring now and I suppose like that one was the worst but you learned from it and you moved on do you ever have those nights where you walk out and even though you know what you're going to do like one of you is not feeling it or something is the vibe is off How, has that happened never lovely <laughs> way out of it some venues are better than others yeah yeah some some venues are better and some crowds some crowds are better but like most most part like the people who come to our show so we're lucky that like all the shows we do are our shows so we don't yeah. appear on someone else's show so they're, they've bought the ticket they've spent 25 30 quid on the ticket they've come to see us like you know, they're, they're already they're on, yeah, they're already on our side, like they're already part <laughs> of our team. So it gets a little bit easier like that. But like, I, no, I can't really remember too many bad gigs. Honest, honest, God, now yeah. that's not us blowing our trumpet. But like well, one night, I went to Coppers the night before. We were on like a four night run. Oh no! And it was like Galway, Dublin, Limerick, and somewhere else. And uh, I went to Coppers the night before the Galway gig, and uh, our the guy who drives our tour bus came over to me and was like, "I have to be honest with you now." You were shite tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, she's I didn't think I was that bad. And he was like, no, 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 you were shite. Oh my God. And I was, yeah, so I've never drank the night before a gig ever again. Oh. We never hired him to drive the bus again. <laughs> no, we still, we still hire him. He's a legend. He's a legend. But uh, I never drank the night before a gig ever again. So I learned my lessons. So you learn lessons along the way. Yeah, but, but I, I, would I change it for a night in coppers? No, no, why would you? You'd be mad. Uh, well done. You just spoke about like getting bad feedback there, but like when mm. it comes to being online, like people are just crazy when it comes to you know celebrities. They think you're not one of us. We can say what we want. But have you got any bad feedback online? Like have people been mean? No, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> Yeah, like listen, everybody, yeah, like regardless, gets gets um gets some like criticism or like you get people writing horrible stuff mm. about you, like um. For us though, I think it's uh, it's easy to avoid us if you don't like us. Just just don't follow us. Yeah. Don't listen to our podcast. So it's only if we are like <clears throat> on the late late show or something, where people who normally wouldn't yeah. be exposed to us. And wouldn't get it. Like if you just take a snapshot of someone's comedy, it's not a true reflection. Like, yeah. If we have hundreds of podcasts an hour, an hour and a half long. You understand where we're coming from. And if we say that, we're only joking. Yeah. Whereas if we go on the late late, like somebody who's never seen you will judge you and be like, "Look at these two pricks with their haircuts, <laughs> or like with their skinny jeans." Yeah. Two like so. But, yeah. but that's not real criticism. No. No, no it's not. They're not saying I listened to five year podcasts and you're doing this, this, and this wrong, and you're not funny. Like, that, that's real criticism that would hurt. But somebody, yeah. the, the shit that we get thrown at us is like... Yeah, and, and, and plus, I don't, like, we never look for it either. Like, I know, I know, like, other people who are in, like, you know, the similar industry to us and stuff like that, and they'll go looking to see what people think of. And, like, honest to God, like, we, 
we don't care. Like, I can give a shit what anybody's saying about me. Once our, our shows are going well and our podcast is flying it and whatever, like the, we're, we're working all the time. I don't really care. You're telling me you've never Googled yourselves before. I don't believe that. You've never put in the two Johnnies into Google and had a little look-see. Oh, no. Mm. He's never Googled us there. <laughs> he's, he's actually going to Google us now. In the beginning, yeah. like when we started the two Johnnies, like what, four years ago, mm. we put a video up and I'd literally be in work in Super Value and I'd be in behind the counter with my phone out, like counting how many likes we got, yeah. reading all the comments. Yeah. And then after like you put up a few videos and as soon as we went full time and gave up our jobs, I never, never really looked at that. Uh, yeah. Google suggestions, the Google suggestions are when I typed in the two Johnnies space, first one is and Una Healy. <laughs> Next one is podcasts, Instagram, merch. Merch. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Yeah, that's, searching for, yeah. searching for the right thing. Yeah. Yes. Can I ask you, because you touched on it there, and any Irish person will say that no matter what they do in terms of performance, the most nerve-wracking thing that you can do is probably the late, late. Did you feel that pressure the first time? Um, Not really, no, because like for ages we were like, they better have us on. What's yeah, their yeah, yeah. issue? You know what I mean? <laughs> so when we got on it, we were like, right, we're going to get prepped and we're going to fucking knock this out apart mm. because like, We'll prove them wrong for not having us on for, for like what we thought we should have been on earlier. But like, like wasn't um, there a bit of back and forth? Like, weren't you meant to be on and then it didn't happen? And we were supposed to be on, oh, well, not supposed, but they did contact us about the Valentine's Day special. Yeah. And we actually weren't on until the following year. Hmm. And I was a bit nervous before we went on stage with James Patrice yeah. and the comedian Enya Martin. Uh, we were part of some panel. We're all queuing up. We're right behind each other backstage. And I says to Enya, best of luck. And I tapped her on the back and I knocked her microphone pack oh, no. off her dress. Oh, my and God. Like, bang, it hit the ground. And like Ryan Tuberty is like, so my next guest. And she's like, I'm a fucking Jesus. Where's the gun? Like, you know what I mean? And so I was trying to grab the sound man, but like not shouting because her mic's alive at this stage. Yeah. And somebody hit over and like go at her dress and tuck it in. And then she just swagged it out on stage. So yeah. I was off to a bad start. Yeah. I actually didn't even see that. I was, there, he was looking in the mirror. Yeah, there was a massive mirror backstage and I was literally just staring in that. I didn't know what all this commotion was over. But no, that was grand. And then like, obviously we, we've been back to do it since. And we yeah. not, like we done our own bit then. Like we were on it ourselves as proper guests. And that like, it's great for your parents, really. Like, yes. That's, that's, that's like what, Aww. you know, you're mad. Like we brought up our parents and they were absolutely buzzing. Oh. Hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm Googling now. And it's, it's the one that came up with two Johnny's girlfriends. And there's a page here called Dating Celebs. And oh. it says, who is Johnny Smacks McMahon dating now, right? They have you down as a YouTuber, Johnny. Okay. 29 years old. That's true. They say you're single. That's not true. They say you're a Taurus. That, that, that is true, yeah. Oh. They say you're worth $1 million. Wow. Oh, is that true, Johnny? He's staying silent. I, I, honestly, uh. if, that, if that was true, I'm not going to be in Tipperary for this pandemic. <laughs> you wouldn't be on this double date. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh. I would, I would. I would. <laughs> Your ethnicity is unknown and you have no hair or eye colour. Okay, oh. that's all right. Celebs.com have really got to up their, up their game there. But you- no, I, I, like I... As I was saying with the late late, like that's that was class for our parents, like, and mm-hmm. we were buzzing as well. We were, we came home from America to do with the time, and uh, we were buzzing in the airport on the way home. Oh well, like it is a big deal, huge deal. And he did yeah. a fab job. They had you back again, so yeah. you know you did well. <laughs> are you are you not on it, Johnny B? Are you not on that celeb tracker or whatever no. it's called? 
we don't we don't even have a wikipedia i'm gonna go make us <laughs> a wikipedia now the two johnnies are the greatest thing in <laughs> what have you been doing with lockdown um so one of the things that both trish and i have talked about is the fact that it is a regular occurrence that you would spit out your tea listening to some of your listener letters on your own podcast right um <laughs> like well yeah generally tea but there has to be like one letter each that sticks out in your head that just floored you that you just went I don't know if we can read this out I don't know if we're allowed to read this out I don't know what advice we can give is there any one particular one for each of you I, I like one that um, came in recently uh, we have a lot of Irish people abroad listening yeah. to Taste of Home and there's uh, a young man he had been drinking solid for three days eating Mexican food oh. and then he goes to work and he's absolutely shaking like this and uh, they're renovating this big mansion and the family who run it then there's like a husband the wife and their three young daughters and they're there on the last day and the guy is like shaking and so there's four of them trying to lift a grand piano up a spiral staircase oh, no. one at each corner and he's absolutely struggling but they can't put down the piano to rest what are you going to do and the legs give out and the shoulders are given out and he's been on the beer and eating Mexican for three days and to put a long story short, under the pressure of the piano, he shits himself. And it's so bad that one of the daughters of the millionaires actually starts crying at the bottom of the stairs at this scutter coming out of here, man. And there's nothing he can do. He has to keep going up the stairs, covered in shit. And afterwards, the, the, the guy who owns the house, this millionaire guy, he comes up to him and he offers him a tip of a hundred dollars and said, I've never had anyone work so hard for me that they shat themselves. <laughs> 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 he, probably had to give, he probably had to give him back the money to clean up his house. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> they gave him a change of clothes and all. That was nice. You, people do like to uh, come at you with those toilet ones, don't they? Like they yeah. are fond of like... Honestly. There's a lot of shit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is, yeah. There's a lot, like, there's a lot of relationship ones. I think, like, the, uh, the ones that we get that we that we enjoy are, like, we get, like, lots of positive stuff or people saying that, like, you know, I've been through a hard time and I've had, like, you know, I've had cancer or I've been down in the dumps and the podcast really, really helps me. And we never read them out because, like, we don't read them out, like, people saying nice stuff about us. Like, that's just, like, we like the funny stuff. And yeah. That's what the podcast is about. Like, there's been all sorts of crazy stuff. A teacher wrote in and said that he got suspended one time because uh, him and another friend of his were teaching in the same school and they'd use students to pass notes to each other. So, like, and, and like, so I'd say to Johnny, like, go over to Mr. O'Neill there and give him that note for, for, for me, like. And, like, they were passing these notes and getting a right laugh, writing all sorts on the notes. And then one day, the student opened one of the no. notes and they said, this is my ugliest student. Send me, oh. send me, send me yours. No. Yeah, and he got done. He got suspended, lost his job and stuff. But, like, he yeah. was willing to write that into a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So well. that's pretty much sums up to you Johnny's do and we don't condone that kind of behaviour yeah no I get it I get it come here on on Beat Breakfast with Niall, Vinny and Trish there is a daily dilemma which you're probably familiar yes. with as regular Beat Breakfast listeners 
But uh, the, there was a dilemma last week and it was toilet related, right? So I'm just going to throw it at you. This is a little bit random. But it was yeah. about a girl who had started seeing a guy and they had been in touch during lockdown um, just over the phone or I don't know, on Zoom or whatever. So they hadn't met up. And eventually they got to meet up and they kind of felt like they knew each other quite well because they'd had this connection during lockdown and uh, she went to his apartment he lives on his own and she went to use the bathroom and there were skid marks all over the toilet and she was a little bit disgusted because she was like you know this guy seems perfect everything's fine we're getting on really well so she was a little bit repulsed but came out and said nothing and she's like it's obviously a mistake it's an oversight we're just going to let it go he invited her over again the following week she goes to the toilet same thing and she wrote in to be breakfast to ask for our advice as to what do you do how do you say like what would you do in that case do you know what I mean what do you say it out does he does he live on his own yeah, yeah. nice apartment now she managed to mention that in yeah. the message as well lovely apartment he dresses well he has everything going for him it's just the shit stains in the toilet <laughs> You gotta call him out on it. Yeah, but but how do you say it? It's an awkward conversation to have. <laughs> no way! Like uh, she's probably from Wales, but she's like, "Hey, boy, I was in your shit out there. Why stay in it?" Stains all over the place, boy. Going around the place, they're banging shit in the toilet. Ah, nearly blew me nut off. Ah, stay boy. Stay there. Come and call him sit out and be like, "Look, if you ever want to get this, live in this apartment with you someday." You're going to have to sort that out. <laughs> she should just get him present of a toilet brush and he'll just know that way. Like, yeah. Like, oh, we did, say that. We did that. say that, yeah. Like, what's that for? And be like, that shit you're leaving in the toilet. <laughs> that's what that's for, boy. But we yeah. talked about the fact that some guys just don't see it. I don't accept that. And I, I'm glad from your reaction, your instant reaction, yeah. that that is not the way your toilet is. No. Your toilet is spotless. Sometimes, like, if I was to, like, for example, maybe leave a skid mark on the toilet, I'd probably leave there so my girlfriend would get upset. Like, I terrible. Just, yeah, just to, you know, just to piss her off a bit. Like, this toilet brush down in Shaw's, boy. Bit of domestos. Oh, God. No, look, listen. In order for their relationship to move on to the next level, like, you got to be able to to combat stuff like that you need to be able to nip it in the bud that's 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 how it rolls just say it out love that advice yeah yeah well from any from now on any future like Lou related dilemmas we'll just get you guys on to give it up I think you've got the wrong impression of our podcast (laughs) (laughs) there's just a little bit of a theme (laughs) no 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 it's it's rock and roll farming hurling you know grrr man stuff yeah Important people. Highbrow, highbrow. Now, I know you guys have been in the industry for a while now. You guys all started out as something completely different, you know, bit of singing here, bit of singing there, bands here, butcher there. (laughs) And then you guys joined up and it just, yeah, listen, the rest, as they say, is history. But was there a moment when you realised that you were successful, famous that like people were interested in what you were saying your shows were selling out like what was that moment for you that you thought Jesus we made it lads um it's it's hard to measure it like for me it's like when I was working I never had money for anything like I mean like if I like I would go in to, to like a shop say River Island mm. and I'd be like wonder will I be able to you know I'd buy those runners and then be like alright now I can't eat for the weekend. <laughs> Basically, like I was living week to week, and for me, like I remember paying my ESB bill one time and not worrying 
about it. Like not going like, right, I had to pay my ESP bill. Now I, now I can't do anything else. Like, you know, and for me, that was like, that was class. But especially like now nowadays, you don't have to queue for stuff now. Ah. <laughs> Pre-COVID, that was probably the best was like, you don't have to queue. And like Davey Russell, the jockey, we went to a do with him one time and uh, he was like, give you a bit of advice, lads. Don't queue for that. Don't pay for that. And I was like, wow, is that how it really works? Now, you do have to pay for stuff, but yeah. like you can skip queues now. We got a gold card for coppers. That's just when you oh, want to make a program. You that's don't have when to you made it. Just walk in that door. Uh, like, in terms of our career, there's no break. It's like a thousand mini breaks. Mm. And because our stuff is so varied, then there's probably breaks for each thing. Like the first time we got the podcast at the top of the charts, and for ages, we wanted to get a guest and nobody would come on. People oh. were like petrified. Even our like friends who are like, you know, sports people and whatever, famous, whatever, would be like, oh, geez, I don't know, I'm going to come on with you mad bastards. <laughs> so the first time we got someone on was great. Our first time on TV, our first gig selling out, probably playing Electric Picnic was our biggest one. We filled this tent of 8,000 people, yeah. came sing songs with us. And then like selling out the marquee in Cork, I don't know, they're the moments. Or even we were just saying we were driving around the back of Electric Picnic in a minibus full of everybody who was working with us. The band, tour manager, driver. Like, you have to have two lighting engineers for the rig at Electric Picnic, a sound guy, and a crew of dancers. Mickey Joe Hart was going to come up and sing a song. There was a whole bus of people. There was people doing content, and we're like, oh, my God, all these people are here for us. And we started on our phones making videos. Mm. So I think that was a real pinch me moment for us. Yeah, like in, in the beginning, I think like before we went out on our first national tour, which was 15 dates. Mm. Um, and that was like, what, two years ago. And that was all like, that was only two years ago. Like, yeah, it's mad. We were doing like 15 venues around the country. And we sat in a hotel between Tip and Limerick and we're finalizing the tour details. And then like it was two weeks to when we put tickets on sale and we were like sick with nerves. Will anyone buy it? Like, we any money we had went into like renting that tour and getting things up and running and like even though it was only a small thing the first day like six or seven of them sold out and all the rest sold really well and like it ended up selling out every venue but like that was just a small tour mm. and it wasn't going to gross like we weren't going to make like buy band money mm. off rent but just to know that people liked us enough to buy a ticket kind of relaxed us and i think we've just improved and built on that since like and do you have like a I don't know, list of goals, like was the book, you know, had you always planned to do that? Like, And, and what's what's next for you? Like, what, do, do you get to a point where you go, God, we've kind of achieved like more than we ever thought. So what do we do now? I uh, know, I think podcast is kind of our baby and we take <clears throat> really every listener, <clears throat> pardon me, every listener is important to us. And like we started our Thursday podcast where people actually sign yeah. up. And if you'd stop and think about it, like that's regular people giving the two Johnnies money to listen to an extra podcast. We take every one of those listeners. Like, it's so important to us. Mm. Um, and the sky's the limit with that. I mean, look at Joe Rogan. He's bigger yeah. than RTE. Yeah, yeah. Like, so who say to us where the ceiling is for our yeah. podcast or our music? If we, mm. can get back, we can get back gigging again. Yeah. Who's to say in two or three years' time, what's the biggest gig we could do? Sold out to Marquee and Cork. Could we do the tree arena? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So we've done one book. Could we do a whole series of books? Is there going to be a Two Johnnies movie? Two oh. Johnnies have filmed a TV show. Could there be a regular TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. 
Yeah, I think the TV show was mad, like like filming that, like that's coming out in um, in the autumn, and, and that was mad. Like to we were sitting on a boat in Miami, just going like this. <laughs> like it's only two years since we've given up our job and here we are like sailing down a river in the middle of miami like on some boat like it's it's mad it's a mad experience and i don't know where it's going to take us but yeah like, yeah we're going to keep going and plus people like even our friends at home here and like we still play ga locally with our club and stuff like that because like we just love like you said earlier on like what's it like being a celebrity or what's it like yeah. we don't honestly don't see ourselves as celebrities we're just like two lads who are dead lucky to be doing what we do yeah but like to our friends they, our friends don't even ask us what yeah. the crack is like you know, and like that they don't really care like yeah, and that's, they're, they're, they're not very good friends <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the way we like it but like to us we'll just stay working hard because like even our friends will often say like jesus like you're always busy like you never get a chance to do it and it is it's constantly every day you're at something like or you're you're, you're working on something if it's not writing you're recording or something so we'll just stay doing what we're doing and i don't know where we'll end up but it'll yeah. be some crack and do you choose each other's company even when you don't have to yeah like oh, yeah. when you're not working you would you would actively seek each other out and be like what are you up to jeez I get the shakes if I don't see Johnny for a couple of hours <laughs> yeah, with Charles. yeah, yeah. It, it's weird because there's often days where we'll be like right we'll take a day off now you know what I mean yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll like won't bother doing that now we're talking shop or anything like that and we'll turn the phones off yeah. and we're in around three hours then it's like do you want to have like do you want to call out to my house we'll have a couple of bottles or something and it's like <laughs> we've only been away two hours like. <laughs> but like we start when we started the podcast you asked us do we really like each other and mm-hmm. honest to god like we've never had a fight we've never had a row like or never not talked or anything like that like there's none of that mm-hmm. and there's no real I know like you know some duos or some bands with that differences over stuff like mm. not not really us like we're so similar that we think the same things like and, and stuff like that and we get on and if we have a problem like if we're very honest so like if, yeah. if Johnny's doing something that's annoying me I'm going to say it to him I'm going to be like lad you are you're wrecking my head I know what you're doing and and similar to me like or if I'm not you know doing great at a certain part of work or something he'll say you could do that better now why don't you do this and yeah. I'd say the same to him and that's that's how it works and that's how you avoid you know, blowing up on tour and not talking to each other, end up like Oasis or something. If you creative, like, you have to be totally open. You can't yeah. be like, oh, I have an idea, but it's a bit mad and I'm afraid to say it. Like, Yeah. You know? No wrong answers. I feel like this Zoom double date has gone really, really well. And I think you've given us your funny side. You've been sensitive. You've been open and honest, right? But it's coming to an end. I'm not saying there's not going to be a second one, but it is coming to an end. And we need to um, end it on a good note. So our uh, last question for you is, and you might need a second to think about this, okay? We want to know what your best chat-up line is. And uh, if it has worked in the past, do you want to try it on us now before we uh, wrap this up? (laughs) Go for it. When I was a young man and we went to a night out in Cork, a bunch of tip lads, they're chatting to some Cork girls and they're like, oh my God, you're from Tip. And they're like, the Cork women love when Tip lads just say, well, how's it going? So Is that it? That I, see, I, I tried that all night long. I said, well, how's it going? To many, many women. <laughs> oh, wow. And it did not work at all. Oh. Say, say that back to you. One said, not too bad, as she turned away and walked away. <laughs> I, do you know what? I don't think I've ever used a chat up line. Like, like when I was single, the one thing I done was just stare at someone until they'd actually make eye contact with you. And when they do, 
if they look at you long enough, they're like, okay, she likes me. And then I'll wait until I'm absolutely <laughs> hammer drunk. And then just be like, well, how are you getting on? So I think that's what most Irish men, yeah. I don't know an Irish man who's used the chat up like. Does it work? Does it work? It depends on the delivery. And I feel like you right. guys would be able to deliver a good chat up line. The well, how's it going is a good start. But, you know, something like, your eyes are beautiful. Okay, maybe that's a little bit too cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you are, you, are you a parking ticket? Because you've got fine written all over you. Oh, I like that. I actually do like that. I think I prefer the well, how's it going? I think it's, it's the tone that you delivered it in as well. You, and you kind of talked out of the side of your mouth. I don't know if you realised you did that, but you did. Um, yeah, keep that. But in terms of... <laughs> what did you say? What? It's an old Tipperary crate. I was oh, saving yeah. the other side for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> Listen, you guys have been an absolute pleasure and a joy. Um, yeah, you've got yourself a second date. Congratulations. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> the two Johnnies, thank you so much thanks, for lads. taking part in uh, Girl Talk. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks a million for having us. We actually really enjoyed that. Aww. We are weird sick of getting asked the same questions all the time that was brilliant <laughs> really oh enjoyed. deadly it was our pleasure thanks a million thank you very much Girl Talk with Trish and Shona